You are listening to AACTE Presents, Preparing and Sustaining School Principles, a podcast designed to shine a light on the unsung heroes of schools and universities, our principles, and the people that make them. As the leading voice in educator preparation, we'll have candid conversations with researchers, faculty, practitioners, and scholars about what makes an effective PK-12 school leader and how to prepare them. In our last episode, we discussed how pipelines for school districts are often overlooked by speaking to central office leaders, Tracy Guile and Dan Melendres, who serve rural and mixed districts and connect their pipeline perspectives and strategies with the research. In today's episode, we explore the effects of crisis management on principal retention. According to a report from the National Association of Secondary School Principals, Four out of 10 surveyed principals expect to leave the profession within the next three years, a decision accelerated by the pandemic and increased political tension. These results indicate a looming exodus from pre-K to 12 schools. The breadth and depth of crises that principals have to manage on a regular basis are contributing factors to the looming exodus. Things have become so politicized and even more importantly, polarized. There's this huge divide Emily Askerry is the Communications and Content Manager at Marzano Research. She taught 7th grade English language arts for five years, during which she earned her administrator's license and began work at Colorado State University on her doctoral degree, focusing on school leadership. Now, Emily works across projects, including the Regional Educational Laboratory Northwest, to disseminate the work of partnerships and help complicated research be easier to understand. I worked in advertising and marketing for 10 years, and then I started to feel a little bit like icky in my heart and decided I want to make more of a positive impact on the world. Really done the bulk of my practicum hours during COVID really led me to think about what's going on in school leadership. What are the supports available to school leaders? And how is this like really pervasive crisis affecting that whole area and what needs to be done about it? In most cases, the roles and responsibilities of a principal don't end outside of the school's campus. Managing a crisis puts them in the position of vulnerability and redefines their relationships with students, parents, and the community at large. Emily breaks down how those relationships shift and adapt in a time of crisis. Principals really become these leaders of community, especially in crises, I'm not sure why people feel this way, but it tends to be that way over and over again, whether it's a school shooting, a weather crisis, or anything like that. And I think it's because they are these uplifted leaders in a community, and a lot of families have their children in school, and they see them also as this leader, but it does become this charge that they have to really help lead their community of students, their community of parents, their community of staff through a crisis. It is a tough job. People are looking to you to lead. But I think the other piece is that it's important for you to be human and it gives others the permission to express their humanity as well. And I think you need to recognize that you can't do it alone, that every crisis that I went through, I leaned on 
my family liaisons, my social workers, counselors, my admin team, even district resources. And those are the people who are going to help you get through it. That was Kathy McKay, principal of Poudre High School in Fort Collins, Colorado. So Poudre High School is in northern Colorado, and we have a pretty large boundary. It stretches up toward the Wyoming border and then west into the Poudre Canyon. And so because of the large boundary, we have a diverse student body, given kind of the different backgrounds of these families. Many of the kids have these varying kind of political ideologies as well. So it's kind of like a microcosm of just the nation as a whole. When it comes to crisis management, solutions are not one size fits all. There are different levels of crises that require varying levels of attention and action. I would define crisis as anything that causes just a substantial disruption to the school environment. This is my 11th year as principal, and through that last 10 years, that we've experienced here at Pooter, we've had just the spectrum of crises ranging from my second year, we had five student deaths in one year. They were all these tragic accidents. We also had a very controversial, divisive election. I've had a suicidal man who was shooting a rifle in a neighborhood that was just adjacent to our our school building, and that forced us to go on a secure status for many hours and then ultimately resulted in what was called a controlled evacuation, if you can actually even think of that with 1,900 students. And then we've had just a lots of different student uproars to events on the national stage. So like I said, the election, as we started entering into the COVID pandemic, there was some anti-Asian sentiment. We had student walkouts and protests, you know, over the shooting in Florida, over the George Floyd death. So just a broad spectrum of crises. Emily broke down the turbulence framework and how it applies to the varying levels of disruption that can occur within the education system. Stephen Gross developed the turbulence framework in the late 1990s, and the four levels described can be compared to turbulence on a plane for a nice little metaphor to help people visualize. The first is a light level of turbulence, and this is associated with ongoing issues, and there's like little or no disruption in the normal work environment, and there are some subtle signs of stress, but it's kind of underlaying the foundation. Then you go up to the moderate level of turbulence with widespread awareness of the issue with specific origins. And then comes severe turbulence where there is fear for the entire enterprise. There's the possibility of large scale community demonstrations and a general feeling of crisis. And then the final one, which is where we hope people never are, is the extreme turbulence where there's structural damage to the school's normal operations and a collapse seems likely. There could be a situation where two teachers don't trust their principal. It might start at the light level of turbulence, but depending on the influence of these teachers, it could very slowly or very quickly ascend to extreme level of turbulence where they want the principal out and the community's kind of banding behind them. There's also this nationwide teacher recruitment and retention crisis. So we're having a shortage of teachers. But a rural school district like the Lower Cuscoquin School District in Bethel, Alaska, is experiencing this issue at a severe level of turbulence. They are having huge issues with many positions unfilled year after year, and they just can't keep teachers there. 
That's where comprehensive programs like the Wallace Foundation's University Principal Preparation Initiative come in. When principal preparation programs are designed following best practices identified in the Wallace research, they can play a pivotal role in setting up leaders for success in supporting their staff, students, and community. The Wallace Foundation right now, they just released a report as part of their whole principal preparation initiative, and it's called Collaborating on University Principal Preparation Program Redesign. And there's a lot of great work in there about how principal preparation programs as a whole can really work to better serve principals for their actual roles that they will be undertaking. So a lot of the work that is done currently in principal preparation programs and honestly teacher preparation programs is very much pontificating about like what could be and random scenarios and how you would respond. But it's not a lot of boots on the ground kind of work. And that's what is sorely lacking from a lot of programs. So having one thing that they talk about in the report is shifting the principal prep programs to have authentic work in their coursework and internships by using problem-based hands-on assignments based on actual school data. So having them actually working to solve a problem can help them understand how they would respond, react, act in these sorts of situations. Because again, crisis doesn't have to be that extreme level all the time. There isn't a one-size-fits-all approach for ed prep programs when creating authentic practice for aspiring principals. So it's important to think about the districts they'll be entering. For example, being part of a larger district in Colorado has some advantages when it comes to options for student support after a crisis. When you're in a large district, you have more resources and we're fortunate to have a district crisis team. And so there is a person who walks you through the student crisis part of it and then another person who walks you through the staff part of it. And so the person who walks you through the student one is the one who's thinking about how many counselors do we need? Do we need to have different spaces for students to grieve? What kind of activities should we be providing them so that they can grieve in a healthy manner? And then on the flip side, we have a support person from Employee Assistance Services, who's a mental health therapist, who is looking at the staff impact. And the thing about a death is that it brings up previous deaths for folks. And so whether or not you knew that student, you have staff who are triggered by it that, you know, they may have lost a loved one recently. And so there's someone who's looking at that lens of how to support the staff. And with that, I have my school counselors. So my counselors who know the student body and they're looking through like, who are the friends of these kids and who do we need to check in on right now? I bring in my office manager who's going to be thinking of those logistics. This type of response is a product of proper guidance and training to tackle sensitive issues in an effective way. Our district does provide incident command training and suicide prevention and how do you respond to a suicide training and, you know, standard response training. They host a, a crisis summit every year. I typically serve on a panel to share kind of how to walk through some of these crises. But in terms of stepping into an administrator role, 
I think I would have liked to have that training beforehand. I'm not the person with the weapon. I'm not the person, you know, and I think that was lack of preparation that had I been trained in that standard response protocol for a student who potentially has a weapon in a classroom, I would have been better prepared for that, but I wasn't. And so I think that probably needs to happen before you step into an administrator role because any crisis could happen. In the midst of a crisis or a disruptive event, communication across all levels of leadership is key to managing concerns and providing accurate information in a timely manner. Principals really need to, as they are seen as like the beacon of light during a crisis, they need to be able to communicate with their community and making sure that they're doing it early and often, but with purpose. And that's the huge part there is with purpose. You don't want to be sending your community things that causes more harm at the expense of like expediency, right? Like you don't need to be fast. You need to be thoughtful. Things have become so politicized and even more importantly, polarized. There's this huge divide. And so something really important is to stay neutral to think about what is being sent and what the purpose behind it is, and always think about what's most important. It's the students, right? Making sure that their needs are met, that they have what they need to live. A principal who in the early days of the pandemic was really struggling to be like concise and consistent in their communication with their community. And it wasn't necessarily on them, it was because they were receiving this inconsistent communication and they were sending it out to the community to keep them informed and transparent. But because it was so varied and so different all the time, it really just created a lot of confusion and harm. Families weren't sure if they were going to the school to get food or if they were receiving funds for it, if there was remote learning or a mask mandate or hybrid or whatever. And the lesson that this principal learned was to slow down, process the information, what's important, what do my students need to know right now that's actually gonna benefit them. We don't need to know about the mask mandate that's happening in five months when kids come back to school. We need to know about remote learning that's happening next week and how my kids are getting fed next week. When you think of just some of the events that we've experienced as a nation that are so politically divisive, masking and vaccines, and like I said, the election, when you're communicating with your public, you really have to make sure that you're not expressing your own political bias. And so that's a tough, fine line of how do I set the expectation for the students and support the students through this crisis while not showing where I land in this political arena. I think that's pretty key. Those communication skills are so important. You know, I was fortunate that my degree was in communication and I worked for district communications. And so I was trained outside of a leadership and crisis role of how to speak objectively about things. And like you said, it is hard because I obviously feel very passionately about these things. And I have to be able to stay very objective and maintain order and restate expectations and support students and their civic engagement and things like that, but in a way that I'm not advocating one side or the other. As Kathy remains objective while supporting her students, the Oregon Department of Education has plans in place to support the needs of every student. 
especially those that historically have not had their needs met in the past. The Oregon Department of Education, they are working right now around their student success plans, and that is to help ensure that every student is getting what they need to be successful. Each plan focuses on a different historically underserved community. So whether that is Black and African American, Alaska Native, LGBTQ, and really considering what they need for support. But unfortunately, the students who are a part of this and the staff and the state, they've received threats and really hurtful things about enacting these plans. So what the principals can help do is support those students by continuing to provide resources to implement those plans and then also providing mental health resources for staff and students and really continuing to champion those underserved voices. Emily explains what sets those types of leaders apart from the rest. The majority of school leaders that at least I've encountered in my research and that I've seen are what we call servant leaders. So they're really looking to serve their communities, whether that's students, staff, parents, business leaders. They're really looking to serve them first. And a lot of the principals have these dispositions or personal competencies around communication, resilience, flexibility, adaptability. So being able to really process before acting is a huge skill that a lot of these principals have, but really it's at that servant leadership, right? They see a problem, which is frankly, the education system as a whole. And they're really looking to improve outcomes for all students. And like I say, all with a capital A-L-L, every single one of them. And that's their internal charge. And then they spread it through their community. I've spoken to other colleagues who not only are they the high school principal, but they're also the bus driver and they serve as the counselor and they serve like they just wear all these different hats. So I would imagine that with a lack of resources at especially the district level, the person, the high school principal would have to be thinking through all of those different perspectives, either themselves or with a very small team, which obviously creates just more room for missing things, but also just limits your perspective because you don't have so many people contributing to the thinking and the conversation. Having access to other ideas and perspectives is vital to the growth and success of a community. When school leadership preparation programs utilize cohorts, they can be a great way for leaders to collaborate, learn, and grow their circle of support. Not every school that has a principal preparation program uses cohorts. So some are like, you do the coursework at your own pace and that's it, you're done. Some are cohorts across districts, but really having those cohorts that are intentional and deeply used makes a difference. And I say this having been through a program at Colorado State University with a very intentional cohort. And even though I'm not a principal, I still talk to my cohort at least once a week. We are always seeking support from each other and asking opinions and getting secondary advice. I look at like my friends that are principals and they get the same type of mental support that teachers do. And when I was a teacher, it was like you get three free 
counseling sessions per incident, whatever that means. And then after that, you have to pay for it out of your pocket or with your copay. And that's that I had really good insurance when I was a teacher. So I think about other school districts that don't have that option. So having that cohort model and then having those supports built in post your graduation and administrator licensure is so important because they need a space to be able to bounce ideas off of each other, have that friendship therapy session, but then also give them better coverage for mental health. Navigating a crisis can take a toll on a leader, especially if they're taking on the task alone. However, having proper crisis management training, community support, effective communication, and mental health care can help alleviate the stress and set up community leaders for success in getting their district to the other side. Emily and Kathy are prime examples of leaders who are dedicated to staying informed, open, and available to serve their communities through hard times. Those are tools and programs in place to equip other leaders with the skills they need to survive in a crisis. However, having widespread access to those resources is the key to retaining great leaders and aspiring the next group of future leaders. Thanks for listening to AACTE Presents, Preparing and Sustaining School Principles. Special thanks to our guests today. For more information, check us out at aacte.org and follow us on social media at at AACTE.